Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. Just to sit back and enjoy some animation. Yep. At least until I have to go to the day job today. Or night job. Yeah, night job. Uh, a little bit of Rocky and Bullwinkle, if you will. You know, I love this limited animation style. I always did like the background of how things are done here. And it just makes me imagine, like, um, how many efforts the animators put in for this. But you know, I also know there's this old adage that goes around. Oh, you're in your 30s and you watch cartoons? Oh, you like animated features? Is that what it's all about? <laughs> Do you make money off of that nonsense? Yeah, see, popular opinion, you can kiss my ass. I'll watch whatever I want to watch, and not only that, since I'm a student of filmmaking, it's very appreciative that I look into these kind of things so I know how this stuff works. So I don't know why you give such a rat's ass about what I like and what I don't like. It's not about age, it's about what you're interested in. But I'm getting a little too ahead of myself because... Welcome to the j Show here on G360 Radio. Are you struggling to lose weight and keep it off? Tired of wasting time and money on starvation diets that lead to more frustration and stress? If there was a weight loss solution that could actually work for you, would you try it? Then head to Golo.com. I'm Steve. I lost 138 pounds in nine months on Golo. I'm Amber. I've lost 128 pounds with Golo. If you're ready to take back control of your life, head to Golo.com now and see how Golo can work for you. That's Golo.com. My sleep is way better. My inflammation has gone way down. Golo saved my life. I was way overweight. That's what sent me down the path. I wanted to make sure and live for my kid. I have literally tried everything. I was on the verge of getting gastric bypass surgery, and I saw the Golo commercial, and it was the last thing I tried because it worked. Join over 2 million people who found a better way to lose weight with Golo. Your healthier and happier life begins at Golo.com. That's G-O-L-O.com. Again, G-O-L-O.com. So, how's it going, J360 Legion? It has been a while since, huh? <laughs> yeah, welcome to the J-Man Show for episode 55. I'm your host, Jay, of course. And um, since I'm in a bit of a time crunch here and I didn't have time to go ahead and do too much recording, well, with holding down a lot of things over here, I wanted to go ahead and try to do this live for you all. Not to mention, hey, first live episode, huh? So, hey out there, for those of you that want to chat in here, come on. Spreaker.com slash J360Radio, you know, whenever we do these live shows, you can come in and talk to us. It's been a kind of, it's been some things bothering me as of late when it comes to popular opinion. You know, animation is an art form. It's a media that deserves to be respected. It's a part of the whole transcript of how we enjoy our entertainment. Like, there's a lot of you out there that enjoy, like, modern day 
you know, modern day superhero cartoons. And the thing is, is that the animation is a skill set that is developed over time by many different people out there. It needs to be appreciated more instead of being thrown away as like, oh, well, that's just cartoon. Oh, that doesn't count. It's just cartoon. There's a lot of great features out there that are made through this kind of stuff. But that kind of thinking that we have for this art form is killing it. Matter of fact, it's creating something called an animation ghetto. Courtesy of TV tropes, where they come up with sort of um, depictions about these things. But, you know, it's like, why are we taking this for granted? You know, in animation, you can do things a lot more... You can do things a lot more... How can I put it? You can do things that you can't do in live action in animation. You know what I'm saying? Like, and whether it's a fraction of the cost is like comparing apples to oranges. It really depends on the technique. Are you going to do it hand-drawn? Are you going to do it computer style? Are you going to do it to the point where, like, the Thief and the Cobbler did with different styles to it? Even though the Thief and the Cobbler pretty much shows, you know, how old I am, but it also shows that how long the process is. It's a process to do animated features in addition to live action features. But you just can't hold a candle over one than the other just because all of a sudden you think that you're more mature for, you know, one style of medium here. You see, as a producer in my own right and a content creator and a owner of this firm here, I want to look into some more animated features. I want to go ahead and take my hand at this kind of stuff, you know? Like, I'm not going to an animation school right now. I'm self-taught. I'm just sitting right here, keeping my self-education as important as can be, and I'm learning how to sketch a few things. Now, will I be as good as, like, say, some of those other people out there that are making a killing doing this kind of stuff? Probably not. But at least I want to get the stories that I want to make out there for you all. And the thing about it is, is that I told you that the filmmaking part of this company is coming back in a big way. So, on one hand, I'm writing, and on the other hand, I'm sketching and putting all sorts of character designs out there. One way or another, things are going to be going up. But what I just can't stand is when you have people that sit there and they just ruin stuff like that. Like, you know, there's great cartoons like Up. Yeah, I know I said cartoon, but there are great animated features. As a matter of fact, let's kill that. Let's do the whole action figure explanation, right? See, it's not a doll you're playing with. It's an action figure. But when it comes to animation, it's not just a cartoon. It's an animated feature. A long time ago, a lot of stuff that we called as cartoons, you know, they were animated shorts back in the day. Back in the day, the movies used to be a different kind of experience. Like, you know, you used to get two films, news, and then an animated short. And then somewhere along the line, I think it's called television, came along and changed all that because you didn't have to go to the movies as much. You know, you got your news there, and then on one channel, you had your cartoons on a cartoon block, and then you had, like, whatever sort of made-for-TV movie was at the time. You know, like, you gotta give television a lot of credit. It did grow into a nice medium on its own, but a lot of people hated it and despised it. I know the newspaper industry really didn't care for, you know, television until they started becoming a part of it. But you see, it's called convergence, and convergence has happened in a bigger way now because we have the Internet. The Internet is so... Well, as a matter of fact, is that net neutrality thing still going on or is it just still being pushed back? Because I heard the Senate actually brought that back into an idealism there and they're going ahead and they're just saying, no, we're going to roll it back. We're, we're not, we're not going to go ahead and let this happen. The Senate said so. But you still need the House on your side in order to make a final decision. So I hope that final decision 
will give us some sort of answer to all this chaotic mess that's around us. But, you know, like I'm saying is, is that we have this unlimited technology around us. And we still think of the same old adage. Because, see, eventually, back in the day, the animation industry used to be huge. And then when the shorts stopped coming, companies started closing off their animation divisions. Not Disney, but, you know, other companies like MGM, Warner Brothers, you name it. Started closing them off. And then they started putting them on television. And somewhere along the line, people were like, oh, you know, that's what they're all for. They're, they're just they're just on TV, you know, it doesn't really matter. Um, and instead of, like, keeping the medium alive, which some of them did, through the limited animation technique, you know, some of them saw how cheap it was compared to, like, how the original theatrical shorts used to be. And they were like, oh, well, it's just cheap made. Oh, you know, we ain't got to worry about this. Oh, you know, it, it's not even all that important. Because, see, they didn't see past that. They didn't see, like, the strong writing. Like, on one hand, like I said about Rocky and Bullwinkle before, yeah, sure, the animation looks like crap from time to time. But it has a charm to it because of the witty writing and the strong storylines behind it. And you can say the same thing about some of the eight cartoons from the 80s. Remember how we're all sitting here trying to keep the 80s alive? I mean, granted, you know, the 90s is something that you shouldn't ignore either. We're trying to keep that alive, too. But at a smaller fraction than compared to the 80s. The 80s have influenced us in so many ways. But some of their cartoons are pretty bad. You take a look over at uh, Filmation, right? And I know some of y'all are probably going to say, Hey, Jay, you be careful with that because Filmation created Masters of the Universe. I'm not knocking Masters of the Universe, but you can tell by looking at it, where they cross-cut it in some areas, and the only thing that made it better was the strong storytelling. Now, unfortunately, they kind of had to hide some things around because Moral Guardians. You know the ones. The ones that claim that every time that there's a uh, mass shooting of some sort, that video games are responsible for it. It couldn't be the person being a total... (laughs) I don't want to cuss right now. For being a total... Yeah, let's... Yeah, for being a total bastard and decided to go ahead and say, you know what, I don't want to just, I don't want to deal with this no more. I'm going to go ahead and shoot you down and stuff like that. And it's like, no. It can't be an investigation like that. It can't be the person that has psychological problems, bad day at work, all these other things. No, it has to be about the medium they're exposed to. It has to be about, oh yeah, video games cause this. Yeah, Grand Theft Auto V, I've always hated that game. How am I going to tell my kids about this? Now, on one hand, you can parent your kids and tell them that the world is not safe. And you can tell them that, hey, stand up for yourself when you need to. But if you got to run away, run away. Do what you got to do to survive. Or on the other hand, you can go blame other people for things and not solve a damn problem. And you see right now, you got all that stuff going on. And the moral guardians will sit there saying, I don't want it to be too violent. I don't want this to be too adventurous or ambitious or anything. I'm not comfortable with this. And they do say that. To this day, they still say that. For like certain certain animated features we see, like, you know, when we had Saturday morning blocks, when we had all that stuff, you can tell where they kind of nerfed a few things. Like if you saw the Superman cartoon in the 90s was heavily edited. The Spider-Man animated feature from the 90s. Heavily edited. Because, you see, Spidey didn't really throw a punch. I mean, they didn't have a problem with him swinging around using his webs and kicking people. But they had a real significant problem with him punching people. Matter of fact, I think he only punched like three times. So, 
you look at that if you're annoyed by that well think about it a lot of cartoons in the 80s they had that problem and then of course you had to just to please them you had to go ahead and put a moral at the end of it and say well you see um mixing water and oil isn't good and knowing's half the battle see what I'm saying uh, see, and I know that sounds corny, but that's what they were back in the day. All of those moral lessons and crap that had nothing to do with the series <laughs> came from this idealism in this animated age ghetto. And the thing is, is that because people see it for what it is and stuff like that, they're shafted and put into this small container where people just think, you know, if you got a live action movie here being played out and everybody criticizes that, but they'll talk about what kind of movie it is. Whereas they'll look at like the animated feature and they'll say, oh, well, it's just a cartoon. It doesn't really matter. Cartoon's not real. I mean, it could be a nice satire on fascism or the ideals of, you know, escapism. Or on one hand, it could be talking about the dangers of militarism like ants. And you see, the unfortunate thing about ants is ants came out at the same time when a kid-friendly movie, A Bug's Life, came out. And people got the two mixed up. So, like, when you went there, and instead of seeing, like, grasshoppers taking food from ants, and you see, like, this giant war scene between ants and termites, that's kind of what it is. And then, on the other hand, you know, my favorite arch enemy and yours, Executive Meddling, comes into play, and they'll try to market the film. Even though the film has a strong premise and a high concept behind it. They will find a way to kibosh it because, well, we don't think it'll sell. We don't think movies like this will actually sell anything. Yeah, you see, we kind of want the nice, squeaky clean, safe kind of media. We just want a story of a person coming in and saving the day. We don't want the idea of that person saving the day and losing. Oh no, we can't market that. Even though it would be a breath of fresh air for people because guess what? Good doesn't always win. Sometimes evil wins. It's just like when a lot of y'all were a bit uptight about Infinity War for a minute. Even though Infinity War is a live-action film, give, give me some time to explain this. That's cool, seeing the Avengers lose like that. Because they still gotta pull themselves together. They do. But in animated form, a lot of people don't like that. Especially those that put these movies into features and everything else. Didn't DreamWorks lose money on some of their features because of, you know, trying to take risk? And isn't that what this whole thing is supposed to be about? We're supposed to take risks. We're supposed to push the envelope a little bit. And we don't even get the chance to do that. Because that's what everybody wants, but there's always that gatekeeper right there that wants to slam it down in a way. But, you know, at least the one animated studio that's thriving with that whole appeal is actually Pixar. Pixar is doing pretty good with it. Because they'll give you that, you know, everything's going to be all right in the end. But there is a journey to cross. There's that emotional depth right there. There's that moment where, you know, it gets real sad and you start crying a little bit. But, you know, things are going to get better in the end. And Don Bluth was good for that back in the day when he did Secret of Nymph, American Tale. Uh, maybe Five of Goes West to a point. But then again, Five of Goes West was a little bit more lighthearted than the original one was. So I'm going to go ahead and try to see if I can give that a pass. But then you see like movies like Pebble and the Penguin and uh, Rockadoodle, that, that stuff got shafted because of executive meddling. But you see, the thing is, he had that whole idea where you see a movie could be dark, yet lighthearted. Like, all dogs go to heaven, that's another one. Yeah, exactly. And then 
you know, one way or along the line, people just think that this stuff is squeaky clean, or they just think that this stuff just exists to sell products, which, and going back to the 80s example earlier, a lot of those cartoons were really just to sell the toys and the merchandise. I mean, if anything, they were just 30-minute commercials compared to, like, some people identify them as such. And what's really sad is, is that there's some legitimate, strong plot telling that. And you see, a lot of us, we still have to go through that whole motion right now because some people will go ahead and take a look at a nice movie like Up and they'll go ahead and they'll just denounce it as a cartoon. Oh, you know, I'm just not into them though, Jay. Yeah, that's fine. But keep your criticism on hold then. I mean, why in the world you gotta go ahead and chime in on something you know nothing about? Which is another problem with the internet. That's a whole different episode, to be honest with you, because I could talk about the problems of the internet all over the place. Because social media just did something stupid not too long ago, but we'll look into that at another time. But, I mean, even if you don't like the stuff, I mean, that's fine. But, you know, like, it's open to anybody. Animation isn't just for kids. I mean, it's, it's for anybody that wants to draw something, wants to tell a credible story, and doesn't want to waste time with trying to cast people for live action products and stuff like that because people are unreliable. And that's not to say that people that do voice acting aren't as aren't in the same way. But it's like, you know, and on one hand, you have your pros and cons here. You know, in live action, you got to meet up. You got to get all these locations set and everything else like that. But on animation, you could draw out the location. You could go ahead and sketch this right here. You can work with all of these things to tell your story, if you know what you're doing, mind you. And the ease of technology has made it to the point where the possibilities are endless. And it can be done, and you can make it for an adult. You can make it for all these... And as I say adult animation, I don't mean like porn. You understand what I'm saying? I don't mean like animated porn. I mean like something that pushes the envelope. I mean like something that gets us out of that whole... G and PG rating which by the way the rating system can be flawed but I know why it exists but it can be flawed to all to be damned because you could have like one of the best examples of mature storytelling like the the Black Cauldron which I was actually going to save for a redemption episode for you all but I'll talk about it right now even as a kid the Black Cauldron did not scare the hell out of me I liked it for what it was I like the fact that Gurgi threw his ass right in the Black Cauldron to sacrifice himself. I like the idea that, you know, Taran was a jerk, but eventually he was a jerk with a heart of gold. I like the idea that the Horn King was something I wasn't used to, unless, you know, that's kind of debatable, because if you look at him, he's nothing more than the male version of Maleficent to a point. And, you know, by doing some significant research, it's hard to believe that we hold the Sleeping Beauty movie in high regard nowadays, but when it came out, it was a flop. You know? Well, with all that techniques that it had, it practically bankrupt the company. Well, it's debatable between that one and Fantasia, but it did put a pause to them not doing anything based on fairy tales for at least, what, 30 years? So when you really think about it, just looking at the way animation has gone, but how we treat it and the way we go about just saying that it was really for kids, oh, it doesn't really matter. It's, it's just it's just kid stuff. That kind of puts the shaft and eliminate. Well, not even eliminates. It just puts the shaft and downplays all the people who believe in the medium. For one thing, the ones that put their money down for the medium, the ones that are studying and training hard to be a part of that whole thing. 
you're just pretty much throwing mud in their face because you're relegating it to one thing you think of. And you see a movie like Nine. I don't know if any of y'all seen Nine. I'm sure some of you have. Who am I kidding? I'm part of the podcast community. Of course a lot of you seen Nine. Nine is one of those misunderstood movies, man. <laughs> I mean, just like Box Trolls. Box Trolls had like a lot of dark shit in it. Oh, scuba language. Well, see that I got that out there. This is the live show. I guess we're going to have to put the explicit tag on it. But the truth is, yeah, a lot of stuff in it. Just dark, mysterious, but at the same time, it, it had a lighthearted story. It was about acceptance and finding yourself and reuniting with the family you lost. But you see, you, you can't tell them that because as soon as they see it on the panel, they're like, well, we need this to sell to families. We need this to sell here and there. You're just ruining this. You're, you're not kidding it, right? You're not thinking about your viewing audience. Actually, I am thinking about my viewing audience because, you see, I'm not talking down to my audience. I'm not pandering to them. I'm not saying, hey, guess what? This is the most beautiful world there is. And, you know, you if you believe in what you're going to do and you don't put no work in... Things will come to you, which we all know realistically that's not true. And I mean, eventually if I do go to classes for animation, I'm going to go ahead and do it for what it's worth. I'm going to go ahead and try to aim for any job I can get for it. At the same time, still building J360 Productions, you know what I'm saying? But the truth is, is that it's a very misunderstood medium. And you know what's worse than regular animation? Puppetry. Puppetry is an art form. Like when you look at the Muppets. Yeah, nobody's giving the Muppets their due respect. I mean, after a while, you see the stories that follow the Muppets, if they're not parroting anything, they're pretty good. The movies are quite good. But it's just that now they're just relegated to family-friendly areas, even though there was one time they weren't really all that family-friendly. They were approachable. But they delved into topics that were so deep at the time, along with progressive issues. It's like, because they're talking through a character, you won't stand for it. And you know, the thing about it is, you used to have stuff like that. Like, Muppets Tonight actually could have worked out, but a lot of people weren't paying interest to it because... Well, actually, didn't it take place at 10 o'clock where it was like... You know, a lot of people were starting to work late and stuff like that. I mean, it would have worked better as a real late night show, maybe. Or was it a, um, I don't, you know what? I'm trying to figure it out because if it was moved to Fridays, and chances are it probably was, it wouldn't have had a shot anyway because if you have like a late show on Friday, it's, it's done. You know what I mean? On like regular television, well, regular network television, yeah. It, It wouldn't have had a shot to find an audience. Because people are out and about every Friday, just about. Or at least that's like the popular trend of things. Or unless you're trying to build a production company and you have to sacrifice that time. Which I don't want any pity for, by the way, because I like the idea of it. I see enough drunk people on my day job. But! (laughs) Going back into it, though. It's just like, you know, honestly, what I would do is I would go ahead and make a feature. And I would cast some of the people I know in it and stuff like that. Because a lot of y'all have great voices. Why do y'all do? And I mean, I know it would be a fun adventure to do. It just would be fun to go ahead and tell a story that way. I mean, hell, if all these other people aren't using it, why shouldn't we use it? Why shouldn't we try to pull ourselves out of the animation age ghetto? You know, just make some changes. I know Ralph Bakshi tried to do it with his features. 
And I mean, you can go ahead and talk about how Fritz the Cat was an X-rated animation film. And it was. Shoot. Hell, if you read any of the classic cartoons, or not even cartoons, read any of the classic comics about Fritz the Cat, you know it was risque. But the thing is, it, it, was, it was cutting edge at the time. Like, even as a kid, yeah, I know, I was exposed to this stuff early. I was looking at that stuff, and I had a ball. I was just laughing at all that stuff. You know, and I could say the same thing about heavy traffic when I was a kid. But you see, as I got older and I started looking at heavy traffic, and I started looking at, excuse the term for this one, but he had another one called Coonskin. As I was looking for that, too, these were good movies because there was political talk about it. It was what was going on during the time of his prime. You see what I'm saying? And race relations, if you think they're low now, yeah, they're pretty low, but they got technology on the side of how low they are now. But back in his time, they were pretty da- pretty damn low. Especially when he used caricatures of different things to drive a home a point about it. You see? And it's like this. See, that is what you could use the medium for. You see what I'm saying? Now, granted, you're not going to get any television time with that movie. You're going to have to really go and buy that movie. But you see, for movies like that, it make you think. It gives you that influence. It's like, okay, well, where are we going as a society, most likely? And are we going in the right direction, or can we bounce back? You know, because, see, certain movies, you can't make in live action. But live action is held in a high regard. And it's already tough to make that kind of stuff. Whereas with animation, you got a lot of people that won't do it because A, they'll sit right there and say, oh, I don't know how to draw. Or B, they'll sit right there and they'll say, oh, I'm not comfortable talking on mics, even though they don't mind talking on phones about trivial crap. And then you got any excuse out of the book, which is where, you know, I I really don't like people because of their excuses. Unreliable people are going to be the killer of any medium. And I mean, I'm not saying that as I look into animation that I'm going to take it back to its roots. I'm not taking anything back to their roots. As a matter of fact, I'm moving along with it. I'm aware of where we come, but I got to get to where I'm going. And the truth is, is that as I look into this kind of stuff, because, you know, I kind of want to do some deeper storytelling. I kind of want things to be a little bit darker and edgy on one side and then lighter and softer on the other side. I want things to turn out better. I want things to be you know, have that balance to it. But you got to go ahead and do what you got to do first. And right now, it takes a lot of practicing. It takes a lot for me to get the, you know, get everything scenario because mostly I'm a writer. But being an animator on one side isn't bad too. It's just a skill set I need to learn. And it's just getting to meet other people out there who actually feel the same way. If you have a story to tell, by all means, pick any medium to tell it in. I mean, that's just as bad as people trying to say comic books are for kids. And nowadays, we just look at comic books. We're all obsessed with comic books now because of what the medium that is making the money right now is based on right now. That's pre-sold franchises. is nothing but comic books. And you got a lot of indie comics out there now, especially Alt-Nera. They're publishing indie comic creators all the time. So make sure you check them out. And I think they do live streaming from time to time too. But you see, the thing about it is don't take it for granted. It's just a different medium to step in. I know, like, after a while, oversaturation just comes out of the woodwork, but a lot of people don't want to even tackle animation like anything. 
because of all the working in titles. And then there's the fact that you got some people say, oh, I'm not going to win over everybody with this. You don't need to. As long as you got a core group of fans that actually believe in what you're saying and actually want to practice what you preach, and if you practice what you preach, you can get a lot done. This is how you influence people. But you got to be disciplined enough to handle it. And then when you look at, like, these kind of cartoons, like, I'm studying this Fractured Fairy Tales thing right now as I'm recording to you live right here, or broadcasting to you live. I can't talk today, but I'm going to go ahead and do this show for you because you've all waited. But see, as I'm studying it right now, the limitation here, the limitations are okay because, like, I like the way it's designed back here. The background design alone has my attention. And then seeing how the characters move, and then you can see, like, where they zoom in on their faces and stuff because they don't have the budget for too much movement. Like, that, that's cool. Because it shows that how resourceful they are. See, somehow or another, if you don't have certain resources to help you, you're going to start getting creative. You never know. The first J360 animated feature around here might look like that classic Captain America cartoon that people really don't talk about. Where it's like, you know, it looks like they just photoshopped the panels and got them moving and stuff like that. That's just the way it is. But you see how you do. You progress to newer things. You progress to newer techniques. And then you start using them. So I'm inspiring any of you um, illustrators, animators, or creators out there that really want to get into the medium or having self-doubt kind of thoughts and all that kind of stuff. You know, put that stuff on the back burner. Do what you love. Put the energy into creating that stuff. Don't worry about what your critic says because your critic's already an idiot. You know what I mean? Most of them are. They'll sit right there. They'll say this stuff. They'll downgrade you. Whatever. Any way to lift themselves up. And the truth is, the best way to piss them off is to make more content. And it's the same thing for me myself. I got to make more content as well. You know? So that's why I'm doing it. That's why it's double special week this week. Not only that, holiday weekend just around the corner. And you know what? I had so many thoughts of different animation satires about all this crap with Trump and company. <laughs> and I'm sitting there thinking, why am I not doing it? So, it's high time to get to work, right? It's just, it's just unbelievable, man. Like, because, you know, we got all this stuff around us and we sit here and we hold back. You don't, you don't ever want to hold back. You know what I'm saying? So don't. But that's all the time I have for the J-Man Show today. So, I'll be back tomorrow with episode 56. Probably be in the same old format as before. So I'm going to catch you all later, alright? Alright. Peace on out.